You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Psalm 127, I want to begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children in children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, and they shall they shall speak, they shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with, with the enemies in the gate. I want to read verse number four again. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Uh, I want to try to preach on this thought this morning, ensuring that our kids hit the mark. Ensuring that our kids hit the mark. If you can for a moment, picture with me as an archer raises uh, the taunt bow. And that's why I got this here. I'm not really decorating with this. But if you can imagine as the archer takes the taunt bow and draws back with the right arm and his eyes fixed on the target that's ahead, and with the machine-like precision, his entire body is aligned toward the target. When the bowstring has reached its optimal tension, his fingers release and the arrow flies toward its mark. The, the, The smallest flinch or misalignment will send the arrow hurling away from its goal. When he's accurate, however, the arrow sinks into the center of the red and white bullseye with a satisfying thunk when you're shooting archery. And that's what this is given the picture of, as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. And so I did bring a bow this morning, and, and I brought an arrow as well <laughs> this morning. And so this is picturing a warrior. This is picturing uh, perhaps a hunter. Uh, but they take, you know, and, and you get your bow set and you get your uh, arrow. Oh, I got this on the wrong side. Here we go. All right. Uh, and you get your arrow. Well, you can see right away that this, this quite isn't ready to be shot out, is it? This is a, a little bit rough of an arrow that we're going to work with in just a moment. But he's using the, the picture of a bow and arrow, uh, the, the accuracy, the precision, and honestly, quite, quite honestly, the hard work. It may not be too hard to pull this, to draw this string back this morning, but I'll tell you one thing that it is hard. There's one thing to draw the string back. That there's another thing to hit your mark accurately. Uh, we, we actually have a, a national champion archer in the church, Shane uh, Miner. Uh, he's not here today, but happy Father's Day to him. I'm almost glad he's not because I'm probably going to be doing some things wrong up here today. But, um, <laughs> but, I, uh, but, but archery is uh, not just as easy as you think it is. One, it's one thing to draw the bow back. It's one thing to release. But it's another thing to accurately and consistently hit the mark. And what God said is that that's how a mighty man, that's how fathers are to be. It's God's will for dads to be accurate archers. It's God's will for us as fathers to be warriors that can launch our children out into this world toward a desired mark and toward a desired target. Now there's obviously application here to moms. There's application here to grandparents that can influence in this way. But in the context of this and in the context of Father's Day, I want to think about that mighty man, about that warrior, 
about the father who, like an archer, is able to launch and hit uh, and help make sure that his arrow hits its mark. And I'll say a few more. I'll bring the uh, bow back into play and the arrow in just a moment. But, uh, but for now, in the way of introduction, I want to think about this. We've, we've mentioned this. We've been preaching on the family a lot here lately. Folks, there is a war on the family today. The family is God's first institution. Marriage is God's first institution. And then to that, God brought children to that institution. I heard this week that archaeologists discovered the actual address of Adam and Eve. My family's sitting there thinking, I hope he doesn't tell this. <laughs> But they, 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 they found out the actual address to Adam and Eve. It is uh, 281 Apple Drive. <laughs> and they also found out that, the, uh, that Adam and Eve had the, uh, the police called on them regularly because they were raising Cain. And... <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Okay. Um... The family, the home, it's God's first institution. And I'm telling you, there's a reason that there's been an attack on the home. When, when the family, when marriage, when child rearing is done by the book, listen, it keeps society in order. It keeps society uh, as a blessing. God says that marriage pictures Christ and the church. We're preaching about that on Wednesday night. And the, and, and the Bible says how that uh, the, the Creator, the God, the Sustainer of the universe is known as our Father who art in heaven. That's how Jesus taught His disciples to pray. So there is uh, a sense uh, that God... It's, it's interesting that God uses Father to try to teach us who He is. Uh, a couple reasons for that. Number one, He's the source of life. He lovingly corrects His children. He provides for our needs. He gives us wisdom. And He always welcomes us back as a loving Father. I mean, what a blessing, fathers, dads. Think about that for a moment this morning. God is called Father. And then we get to be called Father. What a blessing that is. But I want to say this. What a responsibility that is. And in turn, what a problem that has become. Why? Because people naturally believe, studies, psychological studies have shown that people naturally believe God to be as their earthly fathers are. Whether they realize it or not. There were the, the, the polls that have been taken have just simply asked people uh, to describe their earthly fathers. And if they would describe their earthly fathers as distant, as vindictive, as, you know, on down the line, uh, they would uh, give that, uh, or they may say, my, love, my father was loving and he was supportive and whatever the case may be. But then in, in, in the majority of cases, when people were then in turn asked, how do you view God? It was almost verbatim. It was almost verbatim because people naturally oftentimes look at God and think of God as they think of their earthly fathers. Uh, Dr. Moody says that in 6,000 years of recorded history, there have been 54 great philosophers. There's been a lot of philosophers, but he, he listed 54 great, impactful uh, philosophers. Not all their philosophies were sound, but just their, uh, you know, Aristotle and, 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 and the many others. 54 of them. 40 of those great philosophers believed in God. The 14 of the 54 that did not believe in God, there's something interesting there. All 14 of them hated their fathers. 
I say this because the, some of these names are very, very important. Uh, Fourteen of them hated their fathers and, their, and their, uh, what they espoused uh, came about from that. And what I said earlier also, they hated their fathers, therefore they hated God. Eight of the 14 that did not believe in God were sons of legalistic ministers. Eight of the 14 were sons of legalistic ministers. Uh, and so you can see the great impact. You say, what's, what's philosophers got to do with anything? Well, they kind of got a lot to do with a lot. Uh, we see the influence of philosophy. Uh, we see uh, that Darwin's father, for instance, was a large, cruel man, a doctor. Charles' mother, Charles Darwin's mother, died when he was eight years old. He has no memories of his mother, but he resented his father because though his father healed others, helped others, his father was not able to help his mom. He let bitterness, resentment get into his heart. He wanted to view a world and, and a creation without God. Charles Darwin. This is interesting. We know that Darwin's writings influenced Karl Marx. Now, Karl Marx, of course, the, the, the father of communism, uh, the Con Communist Manifesto, he, had a, he was raised by a Jewish father who compromised his beliefs. He was a Jewish lawyer, but he compromised his beliefs and converted to be a Lutheran just for practical and business reasons, just showing him that there was no validity to what his father believed. Uh, and then when you go on down the line, I'll, I'll say this about, uh, about Darwin as well as Marx. It's really interesting that one without the other, uh, it's doubtful would have made near the impact that they made together. They kind of needed each other. They kind of legitimized each other. Folks, Charles Darwin during his day, even, even during his day when he wrote, uh, you know, The Origin of Species and so forth, that was looked upon by the scientific community uh, with very little seriousness at all. It was, it was not uh, reputable. It was not considered science. It was just considered, uh, you know, some, some gatherings and babblings. It was, not, it was taken as a joke. Uh, Karl Marx came up with his uh, idea of communism, but what he needed was a, to, to, to be able to legitimize that, he took the works of Charles Darwin over with him, and vice versa. Uh, then uh, Darwin used the works of Karl Marx, and together they worked together. And then also from that, uh, we see some of the mans that were influenced by that. Friedrich Nietzsche, for instance, he's the one that wrote Man and Superman. He's the one, if you've ever heard the term, God is dead. That comes from Frederick Nietzsche. But again, uh, Frederick Nietzsche also hated his cruel religious father. He had a religious father that was legalistic, didn't teach him about Christ. He just tried to teach him and bang all these rules into him that didn't have to do with salvation. And as a result of that, he re resented God. But when he read this, uh, he uh, was inspired to go on in his atheism. And then Nietzsche ended up influencing, I think still influencing people today, but Hitler, when Hitler was in prison, uh, read the works of Nietzsche, read the works of Darwin, and as a result of that, wrote, wrote Mein Kampf. Um, you know, my struggle. And he wrote about the Superman within there. And that's where he believed in the superior race. And then uh, when we, th then it goes on from there because as though in those same, that same era, Lenin was inspired by Karl Marx and by Darwin. And so communism was basically born out of these philosophies. Uh, between Marx and Engels, they worked together. Then Lenin went on to Stalin and it went on down the line to the, uh, the, 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 the revolution there uh, that they called it there, the communist revolution. Then it went on to Stalin, it went to Mao, it went to China. Listen, and as a result of that, there's been a lot of people killed. 
All right, just bear with me for a second. I'm just saying dads have an influence. People, it's a great responsibility because people often view God as they view their dads. And one of the sad things is, is that those are the very philosophies, folks, that permeate our schools and universities today. The teachings of Darwin, the teaching of Marx. Uh, these are the teachings that our children are being inundated with. And sometimes they have different names and they're getting less and less uh, sneaky about it. And it's getting pretty blatant. But when you think about the war that's against the family and against the home, I believe much of it starts there. But think about the world we live in in the way of media and entertainment. Marriage is often mocked in the entertainment world, in the media. Uh, devoted parents are often ridiculed. Fathers, uh, you know, somebody said that when uh, they first became to uh, show started coming out. There was the father. There was the show. Father knows best. Uh, but then they changed that to father knows less. You know, in sitcoms and different things, it's been said that the fathers are depicted as buffoons, or maybe in a more serious way, as cruel and, and vindictive, uh, just evil men. In so many cases, the importance of fathers, folks, in the home. God has placed fathers in the home. Listen, and it can't be overstated how important that is. When you look around at the world today, one of the things that we complain about is what's wrong with the young people. You know, we don't hear the term as often anymore of juvenile delinquents, but there's so much delinquency. There's so much rebellious kids. There were some kids sitting below me yesterday at the ball game, and uh, I was about to call them out, but I wasn't sure I was totally hearing what was coming out of their mouths. But I'm just sitting there thinking, man, here's these kids here sitting, the, the age of my son, and they're down there just talking, I'm, from what I could gather, pretty filthy and irreverent with wives and families and children just sitting over here uh, beside them. And you're thinking, what's wrong with those kids, these juvenile delinquents? I'll tell you, the problem is not juvenile delinquents. The problem is delinquent dads. Delinquent fathers, men that aren't there to teach their sons and their daughters some respect and how to behave, how to launch them, how to work them. I, earlier, I just pulled up my, I pulled up my arrow. Well, if an archer goes tries to use this, I'm glad Dana's not here. Um, but uh, when, when the archer uh, is going to use an arrow, folks, you can't launch it like this. You know, it reminds me, oh, man, I forgot my baseball. I had another illustration. And I left my baseball at home. Anybody got a baseball on them, Evan? Okay, no, don't, Joel. Sit down, please. Uh, but, but, but it reminds me of, uh, there was this pitcher. He, pit, he only pitched in the major leagues for like four years, I'm pretty sure. But he, he still made an impact. His name was, I think I'm going to say his name right, Mark Friedrich. Uh, and he was called, they called him the bird. They called him the bird. He preached for the Detroit Tigers. And I think it was like from 76 to 80, something in that range. But he was, the thing that he was notable for is that he would pitch, and if the ball didn't go where he wanted it to go, he would get the ball back, and he would grab it like this, and he would be up on the mound just to bust it. What's wrong with you? Won't you go where I told you to go? You ought to look the guy up. It's hilarious. Uh, and, and, and again, what? You know, I, I, I wanted to show all that stuff, but we're, I'm still getting kind of connected with the media part back there. But I just want to show you a picture of this guy. I want to show you Legolas shooting some arrows too. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but my point is, he would fuss at that ball. The problem wasn't the ball. The problem was the one hurling the ball. 
Right? It wasn't the ball. But that's how a lot of us are today. What's wrong with these people? I tell you, it's men that need to be held accountable. It's fathers that need to be held accountable today for stepping up. The Bible says, as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. We need mighty men is what we need. Society needs mighty men. We need warriors today. God says that children are like arrows and dads are like archers. And when dads learn to shoot straight, the kids will be enabled to hit the mark. Enabling our kids to hit the mark. An arrow is no more effective than the warrior who shoots it. The bow is not much better than the man who holds it in his hand. The battle today, I'll tell you this, think about this, is exactly this. In whose hands are our children? Notice Psalm 127 again. Verse number 4, the Bible says, As, uh, as arrows are in the hand. Do you have children in your hand right now? Are there children in your home still? As children are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. In whose hands are our children? I brought this as an arrow today because honestly the ancient arrows that we're talking about a lot of times would start off something like this. And I brought these other sticks too because if you're looking for an arrow, these probably won't do they're kind of dried out and, you know, they're just not very pliable and they're big and they're all out of whack. But they would oftentimes try to find a pliable uh, stem or branch and they would begin to work on this. So listen, when, when, when God first puts children in our hand, folks, they're pretty wild. They're all over the place. But you know what? It's our job just to begin... With, with, with the patient, see with the vision in mind. See an archer, he looks at this and you see a mulberry branch. But when an archer looks at that, he could see an arrow. He could see an arrow that's going to accomplish something. He can see an arrow that's going to meet and, and, and accomplish a purpose. And so the archer sits down with the branch and, and with the knife and he begins to whittle away. Okay. I left my bitch made it home, Chad. I thought I had it with me. But it begins to, begins to whittle. And it begins to work. And, 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 and overpaid with patience and time. And he measures it out. And how's it need to be? And he gets it balanced. And, and it takes time. And it takes work. And, and listen, I don't know how much this, this branch appreciated being brought to church today and made an example out of. Probably feels like a preacher's kid right now. I don't know how much this branch appreciates this because it's thinking, we got a nurse here. I'm about to cut my thumb off. <laughs> all right. There we go. I got it off. But I mean, it, it, it takes patience, it takes time, and I'm telling you. But listen, that branch may not appreciate that, but this branch, I understand that this branch has a purpose. I, under, I understand this branch has a greater purpose than just to be this wild thing growing out there that just goes out there and does whatever it's going to do. No, I understand that this branch can do something great. Right. This branch can do something magnificent. This branch can affect history. But only if it's taken and only if a mighty man has a vision to take and whittle and to work and to, and to bring it out to finally... Look, I did pretty good. I finally got it. <laughs> pretty fancy. So y'all thought it was going to take me forever, but I'm done already with that. 
And they didn't do it quite like this because they didn't go down to the local, uh, you know, Shields uh, plug here. They didn't go down to Shields to get a bow and arrow. They had to make their own. And then finally, when they were nice and straight, and when they were nice and balanced, and they would, you know, we could preach about the knock and the, and the, the, the fletchings and the, the point and the tip and everything, but there's a lot that we could say about the arrow, but for the sake of time, I'm just saying that it's a mighty man. And so the first thing we see about this is the warrior. See, no matter how fine the arrow, uh, no matter how strong the bow, it takes skill, practice, and determination. I was out at Larry's Archery Barn a couple years ago, and I was shooting my new bow. And this is not it. This is just one of our little target bows. And, and there's some of the kids in, the, in church today that remember uh, that, I, that when I would teach uh, target archery. So they'll remember uh, these uh, little uh, bows, that uh, Genesis bows that Matthew make, Matthews makes. But we, I taught target archery to many of these kids. And man, many of these kids, they loved it. Amen. How many of you kids took archery, by the way, with me? Connie, all right. Uh, Haley. and Okay, some of the other ones, I think some aren't telling it for some reason. But anyway, um, several of the kids... But, uh, man, a lot of them got really good at it. It was so cool, man. We, we would just, we would start close, go through all the things. But, you know, we, we would start with the stance. We would go, I mean, every little detail, everything matters. It took a lot of work. There wasn't too many kids that had never touched the bow before in their lives that just walked in there and just, bam, hit the mark. Man, it takes work. It was embarrassing one time when I was out in Larry's Archer Barn, like I was telling you. And uh, I was out there shooting my bow, getting ready for hunting season. And really, I just carry my bow out with me and watch deer is about all I used to do with that. But that's not my goal. I mean to do more. But I was out there shooting my bow, getting ready for hunting season, uh, getting ready for archery season. And, uh, and there was another dude in there shooting his longbow. He's like, hey, you want to give this a try? And I'm like, sure. And I hadn't shot it, and I, I wasn't sure uh, you know, how, how to go about it. And I, I pulled it back, and I think it was, a, it was a little bit hard for me to pull back. And I pulled it back, and, and right at the last minute, i just done something like this, and I heard thunk. And I looked down at the targets. I mean, there's way down there, 20 yards. I mean, uh, no, and, and I'm thinking, where the heck did it go? But it went up in this... Uh, this piece of cross beam that was going across uh, the top of the archery barn is where I shot that arrow. You said you did. Well, I was trying to aim here, but because of my... It, it, the point is, you don't just pick this up. It takes work, man. It takes skill. It takes effort. It takes time. And that's why there are so many absent fathers and delinquent fathers, men that aren't willing to step up, men that aren't willing to put that work in. God help us. It's, a, it's an arrow in the hand of a mighty man. We need warriors. God, give us warriors. God, help me to be a warrior that's willing to stand, that's willing to work. See, and when we talk about this, he says, in a strong man. We need strong men. Now, the good thing about being a strong man that like what I'm talking about is this kind of strong man can be four foot nine and 80 pounds. Doesn't matter. Because this kind of strength is talking about spiritual strength. Amen. He may not be able to bench much. He may not be able to run far. But by golly, he's strong spiritually. He's strong in the Word of God. He's strong in his walk with God. He's strong in his prayer life. Amen. A mighty man. Hallelujah. That's what we need is the mighty man, the warrior. Oh, my friend, listen. The, the, the archer must be strong in this case spiritually. I don't know about you this morning, but I tell you for me, my highest ambition is to be a godly husband and father above anything else that I could ever be. 
is to be a godly husband and a godly father. And dad, I hope that that is your desire today. So we see the warrior, but we also see the weapon. We see the weapon. I was talking about uh, the arrow a moment ago. The arrow must be pointed at the mark. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 says, I press toward the mark. The mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so the weapon must be uh, shaped. I said it already. Listen, kids, uh, the, 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 the way the arrow starts out, they do not grow as in just like this. They're made by nature naughty and rugged. But, but, but by art, they are made smooth. And so in the same way, children must be, children are often untoward. But by education and refined and reformed are made pliable to the divine will and pleasure of God. Children are not born straight arrows. They're like class. You know, that's what I feel like right now. Anyway, uh, children are not born straight arrows. Children are not by nature arrows. They have to be made into arrows. I mean, you know, an archer can try to shoot like this. All day. I mean, you know what I mean? I talk about that, I guess, already. But I can't go up there and try to load this sucker into the... It's got another branch of connect. I can't try to go up here and load this thing in there. But, all right, let's see what we got. And then it just, you know, goes nowhere or nothing. Well, I can't believe that old branch didn't ever amount to nothing. Well, I sure didn't take a lot of time to mold that branch into anything, and that wouldn't have been, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's the, the problem, the issue is the weapon, man. It needs to be shaped. Man, we need dads that are willing to step up. Uh, I believe, I truly believe this morning that among life's most difficult task is shaping, sharpening, and shooting the arrows that God has put into our hands. It's hard, man. It's not easy. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. It's not just a one-time commitment. It's a daily grind. And I mean, and, and I stand before you this morning as a man that's failed, and that, that failure is too much a part of my parenting as a dad. But by the grace of God, I want you to know that my priority is to see those kids go and hit the mark. By the way, so they've got to be shaped, but also they've got about, there's a couple of verses I'll share here with you real quickly. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, chapter 6, verse 4, I'm sorry, that we need to bring, the fathers, we need to bring our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Nurture means discipline. Admonition means teaching. See, we need to, we need to know what our kids are being taught. See, too, too easy. It's just, we just turn our kids loose. We've got other people shaping our kids. We got up. We we just put our kids. Now listen. Thank God for educators and coaches and and pastors and we, you know praise God we work together. We help one another. But ultimately, it's my responsibility. It's my responsibility to make sure that the people in other and people who has their hands on my kids, so to speak, have the same goal as I do. And if they don't, it's my responsibility to come back. See, because we've got, for instance, we've got great educators. The problem is oftentimes we've got teachers within our church. But the problem that they face so often times is that they that their hands are tied a little bit because they 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 must deal with this with more curriculum that they can actually deal with in a year they don't have a lot of liberty just to teach what they would like to teach they are forced to teach these things that again honestly come from marx and uh darwin and so forth if you go back to their origin i mean it's just sad but we, so we need to know we need to be willing to be able to we need to give our kids the the sharpness 
the tip. I keep taking the tip off. I guess I don't know I'm trying to be so safe up here this morning. But, uh, but we need to make sure our kids are sharp. And so that when they're... Uh, when they go out into this world, man, that they're prepared for that which comes against them. They're prepared for that which the enemy has to bring against them. Nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 21, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Tough, isn't it? Because as a dad, you want to be firm, yet loving. You want to have discipline, but you don't want to be like that you're punishing your kids. You want to correct your kids. You want to try to help set them on the right path. You want to try to keep the proper perspective. But one thing's for sure, don't just let them run wild. Don't just let them grow wild. Because you know what? You're not doing them a favor. Because we see the warrior, we see the weapon, but we see the winners. You know who the winners is in all this? Is that good English, Evan? Who the winners are in all this? The winners are our children. No, they don't want to be whittled on. No, they don't want to be told no. No, they don't want to mow the grass and, and so forth. But they need to get their lazy rearings out there and do it anyway. Why? Because there's coming a time. Man, listen, I work with some of them. I don't know how I was thinking that arrow around. <laughs> At least I took the tip out. <laughs> There's kids today that don't want to work. So guess what? They don't come to work. Why? Because they had some no good parents that didn't enforce and push and try to encourage them to do something. Kids need it. Amen? Oh, I don't want to be a mean parent. I just want to go out there and be this little wild branch. <laughs> Folks, a little wild branch don't really accomplish a whole lot in this world. They're going to be miserable. They're going to be without focus. They're going to be without purpose. They need a warrior, amen. They need some people that will step up and say, you know what, by God's grace, I'm going to help whittle you. I'm going to help sharpen you. Why? Because there's an aim. So these kids are shaped. These arrows are shaped. And these arrows are shot. One of the prime marks of success for any man is whether or not his kids are spiritually sharp and emotionally straight. What are we pointing our kids at? In what direction are we pointing our kids? There's a mark. There's an aim. Folks, there's no greater aim than Christ. There's no greater aim than Christ. Now, if along the way they become successful athletes, if along the way they become successful in business and become wealthy, that's all well and good. But I'm telling you right now, folks, to have wealth, to have success, to have popularity is nothing if you don't have the Lord. Yeah, I'm telling you, make sure those kids need to be aimed. What's the direction I'm trying to get you to go toward? You need to go toward Christ. Because I'm telling you, if you achieve Christ, if you know Christ, if you go toward Christ, the mark is Christ. And that's not just, it needs to be taught, but it needs to be caught. That's good. It needs to be in our hearts, man. It needs to be in our hearts that we love the Lord, that we love the Word of God. Amen. We don't need to be, uh, you know, having some rules, by the way, is not legalistic as dads. We were talking about those legalistic ministers that these uh, fellows, listen, this was people that were preaching work salvation and being taught work salvation. But when we talk about those, they need some direction, amen. They need to be aimed. They need to know that Christ is all in all. And from our hearts, they need to see a genuine love for the Lord. And the way we walk and the way we live and the way we talk, 
You say, well, I don't know about that. You know, when, you know, there's the, or, you know, there used to be the old thing that the church is for uh, for old ladies and little kids, right? Let me tell you something. There's an old saying, and I believe it to be true, that real men love Jesus. Amen. You know why I say that? Because it's easy. Oh, no, I'm a real man. I can go out there and cuss and tell dirty jokes and carry on with the rest of them. Wow, you can go with the flow? You can fit in? You can be popular? Man, look at you. Oh, no, try standing up. Amen. Amen. Try standing up. Try being a man. Amen. Try saying, I'm going to lead my family in the right way. I'm going to be a man. I'm not going out hanging out the bar with you. I'm going to go play catch with my boy. I'm not going to the club with you. I'm going to my daughter's recital. I've got a date tonight. I'm brushing my, I'm curling my little girl's hair. Every one of my little girls, I curled their hair, I painted their toenails. I didn't let them do it to me, by golly. I'd draw the line. <laughs> but God gave me girls, amen. He gave me those three girls, so guess what? That's what I'm going to do. Hey, do you want to go do this or that with the boys? The fellas are getting together. I like getting together with the fellas. That's all well and good. But I'm a daddy, amen. I'm a man by the grace of God, or at least I want to be a man. So I want to make the decision to say, I've got something bigger to do. I don't have to go with the flow, go with the rest of you. I can live right. I can stand for my kids. I can stand for my family. I can be a man in my home. I can be a godly man of respect and of dignity and of integrity. I can love my wife. I can make sure I don't dishonor my wife. I can make sure I don't talk bad about my wife. I can make sure one of the greatest things, dads, that we can do for our kids is to love their mama. I can love my wife by the grace of God. I can make sure that I'm never putting her down or anything like that, that I'm just trying to lift her up, exalt her as a pearl of great price that she is. I mean, I can do that by the grace of God. I don't need to go out here flirting with these other women. I don't need to get into all that. Why? Because I've got a wife. Amen. I've got, I've got a woman that God gave me. Hallelujah. And we can be that kind of man for our kids. Amen. So the kids are shaped. The kids are shot. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart. That's page three of eight, but I'm just going to end it. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ensuring our kids hit the mark. But here it is. Dads, in conclusion, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm skipping. In conclusion, I'm going to ask you this question. Will you ask God today to make you a mighty man? You're not looking at a mighty man today. But you're looking at a man that wants to be a mighty man. I'm not the warrior I want to be, but I want to be a warrior. And I'm going to ask God today, Lord, help me to be the warrior you want me to be. Help me the times that I don't feel like being there for my kids to be there for my kids. Help me the times when, I don't, when I'm don't when i tired. You ever get tired and you're not in the mood for getting out? But by the grace of God, I've tried to get... Uh, man, and, and, and I mean it. I don't want them to get it, get it the wrong way. But man, by the grace of God, if, uh, if Evan comes up and says, Dad, you want to play a catch? Yes, sir. I may be dead tired in the recliner and not want to get up, but I'm like, yes, I do. And I'm going to say that, and he's going to say, well, he don't want to play catch. So I'm not going to ask him. You better keep asking me, amen? Because uh, I really want to. I really do. But sometimes I just need that encouragement. Dad, do you want to do this, Dad? You know, Natalie, boy, she loves to talk. Where's Natalie? She's probably helping the nursery. Uh, Dad, do you want to hear this? Yes, ma'am, I do. And buckle up, amen, because you're going to get all the scenes from the book or the movie or whatever it is. All right. But I, I want to be a mighty man. I want to be a warrior. It's God who can make us that. This isn't innate. This isn't about physical strength. This is about being big, bad. This is about being humble and godly. Amen? Get to work shaping and sharpening your arrows.
You see a bend in there, you see them going the wrong way, say, son, daughter, this ain't good. We've got to address this. I'll tell you something right now. I don't want to see my boy hanging out with those boys I saw at the ballpark yesterday. How are you going to make sure of that? I'm going to know where he's hanging out and who he's hanging out with. And if I don't, he's not hanging out. Amen? Why? Because I'm going to be a warrior. Will he like that? He may or may not like it right now, but I'm going to tell you, he's going to appreciate it in a few years. Amen? I look at those boys, and I want them to be an influence. I want them to witness to them. I want them to love them. But I'm telling you, I don't want you running with them. Amen? And, uh, and so listen, get to work shaping, sharpening, seasoning your arrows. Man, there's so much to be said. Uh, work on your skills at being an archer. Rethink what your goals and desires are for your family. Where are you putting the effort at? Where are you putting the influence at? What do you spend the most time with toward your kids? Rethink what your goals and your desires are for your family. What's the aim for your children? What kind of success do you want? And I want, to, I want to encourage you with this. You can recover lost arrows. I want to encourage single moms. You can fill in this role. Amen. You can make a difference. You can make an impact. Be willing. Step up. Thank God that you do step up. But the greatest thing is, and the greatest question is, today is, who is your father? The father in heaven wants to be your father if you're here today and you're not saved. You may be here. See, the Bible says that if, if, if the Lord build not the house, they the labor in vain that build it. We can't build a, a godly house. We can't be godly men if we don't know Christ. You can't be all that, you would have, that, that God would have you to be if you don't know Him. The only way that He can be your father is if you're willing to become His child. And the only way that you can become His child is to be born again into the family of God. God is what Jesus said in John 3.3. 3. To be saved, that means that every sin will be forgiven and that Jesus Christ will live in your heart and take you home to heaven one day. But the question is this, do you know Jesus personally? If not, you can pray and you can ask Him to save you today and you can have a heavenly Father. Amen? The Bible, I love what the Bible says. The Bible says, when father and mother have forsaken you, the Lord will take you up. You may not have a father to celebrate today, but I hope you can have a heavenly Father to celebrate. Amen? And so, this morning I ask you as we all stand as the pianist comes, Dads, I beg you, step up. Amen. You know what, man? I'm going to ask you something else. Will you pray for me? Yes. Will you pray for me? And I'll pray for you. Because this ain't easy, man. I've been shooting the arrow, shooting the bow before and... And you know, it's funny, sometimes you teach things to the kids in archery and then you forget them yourself. And I'm, I'm like, why am I so far off? And I realize, you know what, it's not the sights. Man, it's the way I was holding my, or it's my release. Or it's, it's, it's the way that I, you know, maybe I let my hand come forward instead of releasing and letting drop. There's all these little things. Sometimes you just need to reevaluate. Dads, it's tough. I'll pray for you, Dad. You pray for me. One of the greatest things I ask you is God your Father today. If you don't know Him today, please come to Him before it's everlasting too late. He will save you today. Thank you, dads. Thank you, men of this church. Paul told Timothy to admonish the, the, the men of the church, the older men, as fathers. Thanks for men of the church that, that help play a role in that. They get their hands involved and they help. They help to shape and they help to shoot. These boys, listen, it was preaching similar to this that made me determine when I was just a teenager. When I have kids, 
I want to shoot, I want to shoot straight. I want to shape them. I want to shoot them in the right direction. How about you today?